From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Novelist Ralph Ellison, whose book Invisible Man won the National Book Award in 1953, had strong ties to what was then Tuskegee Institute. Adding to Ellison's posthumous honors is his 2020 induction into the Alabama Writers Hall of Fame. Here to explore Ellison's Alabama connections are Tuskegee University English professors Caroline Gebhard and Zanice Bond. The National Endowment for the Humanities awarded the university a grant recognizing the literary legacies of Macon County and Tuskegee Institute. Professor Caroline Gebhard, welcome back to Troy Public Radio. Thank you so much. Professor Zanice Bond, welcome to you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I want to thank you both for being here to celebrate the induction into the Alabama Writers Hall of Fame of the great 20th century writer Ralph Ellison, who wrote Invisible Man. Professor Zanice Bond, you've had a concern about this 20th century novelist being remembered and celebrated in the 21st century. Yes, and we are really pleased that the National Endowment for the Humanities has given us this fabulous grant, a two-year grant that's nearly $100,000, and we are able to really pay attention to and introduce a new generation, another generation, to this amazing scholar, novelist, essayist. So we're really excited about having this opportunity to introduce Ellison to a new generation of students and readers. Ellison is one of the great novelists of the 20th century. In your view as an English professor, why? For me, his writing surpasses so many other writers. And the subject matter, he's talking about something that is very much a part of black African-American culture and experiences, but he's also being very universal because we're looking at experiences of the invisible, the invisible man in this case. What we have here as we look at the 21st century, there are a lot of people who are struggling with invisibility, whether we're looking at immigrants, whether we're looking at members of LGBTQ communities. Students are able to connect with this brilliant writer in a way that is really timeless. He allows us to look at this kind of ambiguity within the United States. We have these, what he called sacred documents, the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights and, and everything that's supposed to help show who we are ideally. But in reality, we don't always live up to those ideals. You're talking about identity within our culture. Yes, yes. And he tells us we are really a part of each other and inextricably linked in a way that it's impossible to really separate. One of my students mentioned Vic Mensa, who's a contemporary rapper, and he talks about the fact that basically loving our enemies, knowing that we're a part of each other, and that's what Ellison is definitely showing us. Professor Caroline Gebhard, let's drop back and talk about why this man from Oklahoma City was attracted to Tuskegee Institute. Well, when he had just graduated from high school in the early 1930s, he 
on a newsreel saw William L. Dawson, who's the famed composer and choral director at Tuskegee Institute at the time, and they were performing on the Empire State uh, 86th floor, and there was a newsreel of it, and he was struck by this handsome, dynamic artist and the kind of ways that he was bringing together black culture, that is the Negro spirituals, with also classical music. And he wanted to model himself on Dawson, and he was desperate to get to Tuskegee. He applied, and it took him a while to hear, and he rode a freight train to get there, but he did come to study with Dawson. And he was a music major. He was a music major, yes. And he he played the trumpet and he was the leader of the student band, but many adults at Tuskegee really nurtured him besides William L. Dawson, although Dawson turned out to be kind of a distant father figure and Ellison had lost his father when he was three and their relationship was strained, but there were other adults, his English professor, Mortiza Drexel Sprague, Hazel Harrison, the famous concert pianist, he was looked up to on campus, he had the lead in the school play, and so Tuskegee, even though he was only in Alabama for three years. It was such an incredibly informative part of his education in life. Do you think the seeds of this novel, Invisible Man, were planted there? Definitely. Of course, the novel Invisible Man is about the coming of age of a young black man in America. He often said it wasn't autobiographical, but at the same time, it does loosely follow his life. And so he starts in Oklahoma City, but the very important early chapters are set on a campus that resembles Tuskegee. And in the novel, he jumps from the south to the north looking for something, doesn't really find it there. Professor Bond, let's pick up on that story. Well, the beauty of the story is that he is allowing us to examine several different types of people. And that's going back to his quest for identity and really acceptance within the larger American context. The story ends on a happy note, or at least hopeful. So even with the struggles, even with the disappointments, he allows the protagonist to end with hope. And I think that also reflects on Ellison's desire to really have some cohesiveness within the American identity, that what we do to black America, we're doing to white America, reverberating, we are still one. And we see that eventually. Now, Professor Gebhardt, fill us in. Ralph Ellison went from being a music major at Tuskegee Institute to New York. Well, he was struggling with money, and it's not clear exactly what happened, but he wanted to go to New York before he actually graduated from Tuskegee to earn money. And of course, it was the Great Depression. Once he was in New York, he lived with a sculptor, and then he got involved with Richard Wright working for the Communist Party. It was a very exciting time for him, and, and Wright also really nurtured his writing as well. So he gravitated toward writing, and I also think it became clear to him that he wasn't going to make his living through music, as much as he loved it and as important as a metaphor as it is in his work. He worked with the Federal Writers Program, and eventually he began to be published. Then he separated himself from his earlier leftist leanings and began to really devote himself to becoming a literary man. So, Professor Bond, you have a theory that it wasn't just Invisible Man that established his renown and his value 
to American readers. What else? He wrote essays, short stories? Absolutely, yes. And oftentimes people talk about the conundrum. He's made the successful first novel, a masterpiece, National Book Award, 1953 winner, first African-American to do that. And a lot of people immediately associate Ellison with Invisible Man without looking at his entirety. At the beginning of March, Ellison was inducted into the Alabama Writers Hall of Fame, so he's being claimed by the state of Alabama, and we think it's about time. I want to thank you both for an intriguing interview about one of the great novelists of the 20th century, Ralph Ellison. Thank you, Professor Bond. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Thank you, Professor Gebhardt. Joining us were Tuskegee University English professors Zanice Bond and Caroline Gebhardt. They may be contacted at the university for more information on the National Endowment for the Humanities grant in recognition of the literary legacies of Macon County and Tuskegee Institute. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is Troy Public Radio.